Hi, this is Emily from Sounds from the Shadows. Sorry we don't have one of our regular episodes for you this fortnight. Things have been a little bit crazy around here. There's been St. Patrick's Day, World Storytelling Day, and we're also preparing for our next live puppet show on the 7th of April in the Royal Irish Academy of Music, part of Music Town, and we're really excited for it. But because it is World Storytelling Day, I did want to give you guys just a little bit of a story just to celebrate. So here goes. This is one of my favourite fairy tales. It was one of the first fairy tales I ever told as a storyteller at an event called Milk and Cookies uh, many years ago now. And it comes from the Brothers Grimm. It's called The Goose Girl. There was once a queen who had one daughter, pride and joy. But in the neighbouring kingdom there was a king who had one son. And so the king and the queen, they decided they would make an alliance between those two kingdoms by betrothing the daughter of the queen to the son of the king. And so the two were betrothed, though they had never met each other. And they grew up, always knowing it was their destiny to marry. And when finally they were old enough, the queen called for her daughter, the princess, and said, My daughter, it is time for you to go. It is time for you to go far away, to leave this kingdom, to marry and to cement our alliance. I am sorry I cannot go with you on this journey, but I can give you something. I can send my love with you and give you my blessing. And with that, she picked up a handkerchief and a knife and cut the tip off her finger and let three drops of dark red blood fall onto the cloth. Take this token with you. Keep it by you. And for as long as you hold this in your hand, hold it by your heart, no harm can come to you, for my love shall protect you. The princess, she took the handkerchief and tucked it into her bodice, and then she prepared to set out on her journey. She took with her her magical horse, which could speak, a saddlebag full of jewels and precious cloth, and one maidservant to keep her company along the road. The journey was long. It would take them three days to travel to the prince's kingdom. On the first day, the princess, she stopped by a stream. She was thirsty and she asked the maidservants to fetch her some water. But the maidservant said, Fetch it yourself. I'll not be your servant for long. The princess, thinking that the woman must be tired from the long ride, got off the horse herself and knelt over the stream to fetch the water between her two hands. But as she leant over that stream, the handkerchief tucked into her bodice fell out and was taken away by the current. Oh no, cried the princess. Oh no, my mother's love, her token of protection. What shall become of me now? The maidservant, she saw the handkerchief float away and she heard the princess's cry. and She concocted a plan. On the second day, again the princess stopped to kneel by a stream to drink the water. But when she rose up, she saw that the maidservant had pressed to the neck of her magical horse a knife. Promise me that what happens on this road, you shall tell not a living soul. If you do not promise, I shall cut this beast's throat and you shall watch it die. The princess, she could not bear to see her her companion, her beloved magical talking horse die, and so she said, yes, yes, I promise you, whatever whatever happens upon this journey, I shall, I shall tell no one, I shall tell not a living soul. And both the maidservant and the princess knew that the princess, she could not break her promise. Good. 
Now take off that fine dress. You shall have no more use for it. Swap clothes with me. We are going to trade places. I shall ride your beautiful horse, and I shall be taken for the princess. You for nothing more than a servant. The princess, she took off her fine, beautiful gown, swapped clothes with the servant. She got upon the maidservant's horse, and the two of them rode, continuing their journey. On the third day, when they crossed the border, the men of the king and the prince had come to meet them, and they of course assumed that the woman sitting on the beautiful white horse, dressed in fine silks and velvet with jewels on her fingers and her hair, that of course she was the princess. None of them even bothered to look at the servant maid by her side. My darling betrothed, descriptions of your beauty do not do you justice. The prince went up to what he thought was the princess. He lifted her down from the horse and carried her to a waiting carriage. Speak any wish, any desire, anything at all you may want. If it is in my power, I will, of course, grant it to you, my darling betrothed. The maidservant, the false princess, the false bride. She looked at the horse, the magical horse that could speak, and said, Well, dear, that beast, oh! You've never seen such a hideous, unruly creature. It tried to throw me from its back so many times. Put it to death. I can barely stand the sight of it. As you wish, said the prince. On the horse, it was taken to the slaughter yard and its head chopped from its body. Is there anything else I can do for you, my beloved? Well, there is just one more small thing. On my journey, I was accompanied by a maidservant, very disagreeable, sullen girl, speaks nothing but lies. Find some use for her. And the prince waves to his attendants for them to find some use, some job for the serving maid to do. But there was nothing for her to do. The palace was well stocked. There was no job that did not have someone already to do it. The true princess in the clothes of a serving maid. She was left standing in the palace courtyard. No one could find any use for her, and she feared that she might be thrown out into the streets. But the old king, who left most of the running of the kingdom to his son these days, he had been sitting at the kitchen window, looking out, and he saw the girl standing there, and saw the pain and the worry on her face, and he thought, that child has something troubling her. That girl carries a secret, a terrible secret. And so he walked out, and he spoke to her in a kindly voice, my dear, won't you come inside? Won't you sit with me? Won't you talk with me? But the princess, she just shook her head. A single tear started to form in her eyes, and when the kind little king saw, he said, Oh, don't cry. Please, what is worrying you? Please, tell me. I'm an old man. I have heard many woes, and I have seen many of them fixed. The princess, while well, she could not speak her true sorrow, but instead she said to the king, I am worried they will find no use for me, and I shall be thrown out. The king quickly clapped his hand and says, Well, I can find a use for you. I have a herd of geese. They are my pride and joy, uh, next to my son, of course. They are beautiful birds, feathers so white, whiter than swans, softer than silk, and they need someone to look after them, someone to, to shepherd them. Would you become the shepherdess to my geese? The princess nodded her head, and so she became the shepherdess to the king's geese. Everyone used to call her the Goose Girl, for she could not tell anyone her true name. Every day she would take the geese out. They would walk through the palace courtyard, over the roads, to the fields, to the rivers and the ponds. The geese, they could flop about, they could swim, they could hiss at the courtiers, which seemed to be the thing they liked most. 
the goose girl. Well, she felt she was only half happy when she was away from the palace. The palace was all full of celebrations. Celebrations and preparations for what would have been her wedding. One day, as she was watching the geese splash about in a stream, something caught her eye. Something white. Something white with three specks of red. She ran, wading into the water, and picked it up. It was the handkerchief. Her mother's handkerchief. Her mother's love. She held it to her chest, and she began to weep. It was just a little thing, a little token. But it made her feel safe. She took the geese back to the palace, smiling all the while and clutching the handkerchief to her breast. The old king, he happened to be walking by and saw the goose girl smiling. He came over to her and said, Ah, child, it is so good to see you smile. When you smile, it feels like there's a second sun and there is something, something just a little bit familiar in your smile. What is that you hold there? The goose girl, she held tight to the handkerchief. She could not lose it again. Oh, this, this is a, a token, something I thought was lost, something from my mother. Ah, said the king. Sounds like it is something that has a story to it. Would you tell me that story? The goose girl shook her head. She felt as if she was about to cry. I'm sorry, your majesty, but I cannot tell you. I have sworn that I shall not tell a living soul the story that goes with this token. The king, he nodded his head. Ah, I knew when I saw you that you had a secret. And a secret you cannot tell a living soul. He pondered for a minute. He was a very old and a very wise king. And he knew that carrying a secret, carrying something too heavy and not being able to speak it aloud, it can be a terrible thing. And he had an idea. Well, my dear, you cannot tell a living soul, but perhaps you can tell something that has no soul. Tell me, do you think that fireplace over there has a soul? The princess, she shook her head. No. The fireplace has no soul. King nodded. That's what I thought. Now, make yourself comfortable, and when you are ready, tell the fireplace your story. The king, he left the goose girl alone. She settled herself down by the fireplace, and when she was comfortable and ready, she began to tell her story about how she was the princess from the foreign kingdom, about how she had lost her mother's token for protection, about how she had been forced to swap clothes with the serving maid, forced not to tell anyone, and how the woman who was about to marry the prince was not the princess, the king. Well, he was a wily old king. He had climbed up onto the roof, listened to the chimneys, and he heard all of the story. And he knew something had to be done. He called for his most trusted attendant, his most trusted adviser, told the man to go find the goose girl, have her washed, cleaned, have her hair put up, and have her dressed in the most stunning gown that could be found in all of the palace. The king's companions uh, stuttered. The, 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 the finest dress in the palace, that, that surely would be, would be the, the wedding dress of his future daughter-in-law. The king nodded. That was exactly what he had in mind. Then he went to the kitchens. He told the kitchen staff that at the feast tonight there was to be plenty of wine. And they were to make certain that the princess, his future daughter-in-law, her cup was never empty. That night there was a great feast. And the wine flowed. And the servants and the attendants and the kitchen staff, they all made certain that the princess's glass was never empty. At the end of the evening, the king, he stood up. He raised his glass and the hall fell silent. He said that he had a problem he must put before his court. 
A matter had been brought to him, a matter on which he must give judgment, but he wished for their advice on it. He had discovered a deceiver. Someone who had lied and cheated their way into a position of power, and in doing so had abused that power, had taken from others, had caused great suffering and great mistrust. He asked his courtiers, what might be a suitable punishment for such a person? Well, the courtiers came up with various ideas. The person should be fined, the person should be imprisoned, the person should be whipped through the streets. But then his eyes came to the false princess, the false bride. Her face, it was flushed with wine, and he asked her, Daughter-in-law, or daughter-in-law of the future, what would you recommend as a punishment for such a person? Well, the false bride... She had had much to drink, and she spoke up loudly. I would have such a person stripped naked, stuffed into a barrel, studded with nails, and rolled up and down a hill until they are no more. The king nodded his head. He made a sign to his attendant, to his adviser, to his companion, and the doors opened, and in stepped the true princess. She walked in in a glittering wedding gown, and the king, he turned to the false princess and said, Well, as you have judged, so shall you be judged. And it came to pass. The true princess, she married the prince. And the false princess, the false bride, the serving maid who had dreamed of being a princess, she was stripped naked before all there, stuffed into a barrel, studded with nails and rolled up and down a hill until she was no more. This is a fairy tale where you, you can't say that everyone lived happily ever after.